0: Welcome to the Tech Bytes portion of today's Day 2 Cloud episode. VMware is our sponsor, and we're discussing vRealize Network Insight Universal. Mm-hmm, new keyword, universal. We've talked about VMware, about vRealize Network Insight before, and today's focus is on the SaaS version of vRealize Network Insight and how it can help you with your cloud migration project and some new features that have come up along the way. You definitely have a cloud migration project. We know you do. You've been working on it for quite a while. Yeah, that's the one. You know, our guests are Martine Schmidt and Sejong Ha to talk to us today. And Sejong, let's open up with you. We uh, we have a new keyword here in the product name: Universal. So, what does the Universal mean in VRealize Network Insight Universal?
1: Yeah. Th- th- thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Ned. Uh, So basically, universal means we're trying to keep it a lot simpler for, you know, the network practitioners out there that are trying to maintain their infrastructure, you know, building out their networks, building out their infrastructure. So we're trying to make, uh, you know, licensing is just one thing. Of course, all the technical things they have to deal with, but we're trying to make it simpler so that they just have to worry about one thing, which is, you know, the solution that they want to implement. and. For customers that have maybe on-premises for network monitoring, or they want to move to a SaaS based version of network monitoring, Universal will handle all that. So customers can so, so
0: is the universal part, this this is a licensing change that we're talking about. We are simplifying licensing. Is that what you're getting at?
1: Yes, that's correct. So basically, just keeping it a lot simpler so they don't have to worry about it because it's a lot more flexible and in terms of you know purchasing or or consumption, they just do the universal licensing and, you know, we can monitor things like, you know, desktops, um, you, We can monitor the cloud infrastructure, native public cloud, you know, so before they would have to sort of have different CCU units, for example, or different VDI units, you know, they would have to have different uh, VCPU for public cloud. So you just get the one license and it handles everything now. So then it's just one thing they don't have to worry about. And then also we know customers have maybe an instance of on-premises deployments um, where they deploy, let's say, the solution on-premises, or they want to do it as a SaaS so they don't have to worry about upgrading, for example. So a lot of the you know, network monitoring that they have, they deploy on premises, but then they, you know, every now and then, if you want new features or functionality, you have to upgrade it. So this way, as a SaaS solution, you don't have to do that anymore you can just run the solution. And then just as a SaaS service, all the features and functionality upgrades, improvements, patches, they all just automatically happen on their solution. So that's kind of the universal um, simplification we're talking about.
2: Okay, so it's not just licensing. I mean, the licensing is obviously very important. I don't have to buy all these different and disparate licensing to make sure I'm properly trued up on all the different places I'm deployed. I get the universal license. I know I'm good. But then you added that extra layer that it's not just about the licensing of the endpoints. It's also the solution itself. I could run it on-prem. I could run it as SaaS. And you you mentioned a few reasons why you might use SaaS. Are there some other benefits to using the SaaS version over a traditional on-prem installation? Oh, yeah. There's lots of benefits. Um, you know, we we've
1: done a lot of things in terms of security. So for the SAS, you know, those are things you don't have to worry about or harden on yourself on the appliance. You don't have to worry about the sizing of the appliance, you know, because we have different brick sizes. You don't have to worry about powering it. So there's a whole bunch of things that with SAS that, you know, you'll see that are improved, especially the upgrades, the patches, and then also just getting that feature velocity. So, you know, is we're doing feature releases every three months, every quarter. So rather than you know taking some time and scheduling you know your weekends to to sort of get those latest features, you don't have to worry about it because on the SaaS side it's all taken care of.
0: Now it may or may not matter a lot, Seijong, but if I'm using the SaaS version of this product and I'm in the middle of a cloud migration, Is there some advantage where if I'm on-prem, it's, you know, a little harder, and if I'm using the SaaS flavor, it's a little easier to begin dealing with my workloads and monitoring them as I move them up to the cloud?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we added into the SaaS solution for FeverLights Network Insight Universal was this concept of federation. And you're going to be able to see everything in one dashboard versus looking at different consoles. You know, you might have in your different regions to see what's happening. So the information is not siloed in terms of troubleshooting. So you can see everything end to end with our SaaS solution.
0: Martine, so maybe that's a, maybe that's a time for you to chime in here because uh, I know cloud migrations are something you're you're pretty familiar with. So help us visualize this. If I'm using vRealize Network Insight Universal—that's a mouthful, guys. vRealize Network Insight Universal. i just want to stress that—that's that's a big product name. Uh, but if I'm using that product for my cloud migration, and uh, Sejong just introduced this idea of federation, help me uh, help me understand what that monitoring infrastructure is going to look like.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> v Realize Network Insight Universal is indeed a mouthful. I typically call it VNIU. Uh, To make it a little bit easier on myself, but uh, basically what Sejong just described is when you're in the middle of a migration or starting a migration, right? So you have on-prem infrastructure, you're monitoring that, you're creating your migration plan, as you said in the beginning, like you're mapping out the application landscape, you're looking at what talks to what, which is what Fear and I will tell you but then you slowly shift that, shift those workloads, shift those applications from your on-prem environment to the cloud, whichever cloud that is. And then VR and I, you, will actually move with it. So like the universal licensing makes it possible so that you start fully on-prem and then gradually move uh, towards uh, SaaS. And then the federation feature that we unlock with uh, VRLized Notebook inside Universal uh, is basically a way to bridge the gap between the migration when you are still half on-prem and still have in the cloud, for example, and not and have different I instances to monitor those environments. Um, so that license pool will move with it. And then the federation feature itself is uh, is a dashboard that you can get into with the VMware Cloud uh, instance. Where you can see, like, how is my v instances behaving? That's one. So you can monitor V&I itself. So if you've got multiple of those instances, you want to make sure that they're healthy. But also, how is the infrastructure that those v instances are monitoring doing? So like uh, the example that Sejong mentioned, like we have a customer that went f- uh, from a global footprint. They had data centers in in America, so EMEA and APJ all different fear and i instances because you want to deploy those as close to the um the infrastructure as possible and then they merged all of those um, uh, data centers into their cloud infrastructure so they moved their workloads from those on-prem data centers to the cloud they both used fear and i to do the uh, the migration and we can talk about that a little bit but they also used fear and i universal in order to make sure that they can seamlessly flow all of those instances and then migrate them to the SaaS solutions that we have so that they didn't like have to worry about what licenses do I have where they just have one big pool that's the um, the the entire premise of of universal
2: okay and i think for a lot of organizations they're never going to be fully in the cloud, right? They're gonna be in this sort of intermediate intermediate step. Well, some stuff is going to stay on-prem. Some of it is going to migrate up to the cloud and being able to monitor that status of the applications I have in both locations is gonna be huge in one federated dashboard. Uh, Martin, you you mentioned something about how it can make migrations simpler. Uh, can you dig into that a little bit more? Because I'm I'm curious what aspects of VRNIU would help make the actual migration of things simpler.
3: Basically what VRNI does as a product, it's uncovering all of the things that are running within a network. So it has application discovery, for example. So you can look at the vSware workloads or the cloud workloads in order to make up what an application um, consists of. And that, that's like a typical application model. So you have an application name with a tiering model, uh, like app, web, and database, uh, and then the workloads within those uh, those tiers, right? That discovery is huge within I because typically, like you're looking at your CMDB or you're looking at your uh, Vsphere environment. And well, if someone knows exactly what is running within their infrastructure, that's I'd like to meet that person because I've never able been able to put my finger on like yeah, a company no. that actually <laughs> work, knows what's running, right? Uh, so application discovery is huge in that sense of un- uncovering what's actually running, but then also uh, mapping out dependencies within that application landscape. So it'll be able to tell you, or vr is able to tell you that this application is talking to these other applications, but also these end users those uh, IoT devices, uh, um, those printers, that those, those cloud workloads. So every single connection is basically logged within fear and I, and you're able to uncover that pretty easily by using that application discovery and creating those groups within fear and I to show those connections. That that's one, but then also it goes into like how much data is being sent between these applications. So if you're targeting a piece of your infrastructure, uh, like 20, 50 workloads within your infrastructure that you want to pick up in one migration window, you will be able to group those into a migration wave, as we call them. And then you will see the actual requirements for that migration wave. You will be able to tell like how much bandwidth do I need between the destination cloud and my on-prem when I've picked this Migration wave up and actually migrated them to uh, to the cloud. Uh, so you will be able to uh, see what kind of inter- internet traffic is uh, is going through these uh, these workloads. So also kind of predicting your egress traffic, which comes back to cost management a little bit even. Uh, but you will also see the uh, the amount of traffic that you need between the end users and those applications, right? So if it's an internal application, you also want to. Scale out your data center into connect properly uh, before you um, hit, hit the migrate button incessantly.
2: right, right. so this really helps you plan out not just the migration of the applications itself but the network infrastructure that's needed to support it at both ends and for the end users because I'm just thinking about yeah, an internal app that everybody's accessing because they're maybe kind of going in through the same remote office connection to to a central uh, point, now that application has moved up to the cloud, am I going to send my users through that central point and then up to the cloud, or is there a way to just send them directly to that cloud instance, so all that traffic isn't flowing through my data center, now the application's not even there?
3: Exactly. So, fear and I can uncover the requirements that you need when you uh, when you migrate an app, So, you, or just looking at the specific application, it can tell you how much uh, network uh, capacity it needs. And then based off of that information, you can indeed uh, create your network diagram architecture in in accordance to like what the requirements are instead of uh, kind of fat fingering it and and trying to to see in production how much network traffic will uh, will come up.
0: Well, Martijn, if uh, folks are interested in learning more about vRealize Network Insight Universal, what is the best, what's the best way to go about that?
3: So I think we'll uh, we'll put a bunch of links in the show notes, uh, but basically my favorite way is to just play around with it. And there's two ways to do that. Um, one of them is using the uh, the free 30-day trial that we have. So you can just sign up for VR and iCloud, get an instance yourself, and then deploy a collector. And then, well, you're off to the races. You can start monitoring uh, the environment. Or you can try our hands-on labs, which is basically a simulated environment where you have a complete demo system to your um, availability. And you can just play around with VRNI itself without having to set anything up except logging into the um, the HUL website.
0: Excellent. And we will have the links to all of those things in the show notes. You can find those at packetpushers.net or day2cloud.io. So our thanks to... VMware for sponsoring today's Tech segment of today's Day2Cloud episode. And if you ring up VMware to take the Realize Network Insight Universal out for a test drive, make sure to tell them that you heard about it on Day2Cloud, part of the Packet Pushers podcast network. And until then, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.